Do you often find yourself just surviving motherhood? Do you find yourself placing your hope in the next season because this side of mundane motherhood is just too hard? We've all been there, and I'm here to tell you that there is more. And though this generation of mothers are embraced in survival mode, I'm here to tell you that you don't belong there. You may be down, but you're not out. And like the righteous man who gets up again and again, we will keep getting up until we're rising from glory to glory in our motherhood. I'm Heather Lee, and this is the Revived Motherhood Podcast. So go grab your coffee, it's probably in the microwave if you're looking for it, and come join me. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me on Revived Motherhood today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Girl, I'm so excited. Yesterday, I was telling my husband, I was like, I'm going to have a powerhouse on my podcast. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I know. I talk about you all the time. Like, seriously, all your books, I'm just like always reading what the books that you recommend anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so let's get started. Today, we're going to be talking about finding rest in Holy Spirit and the restlessness of motherhood, which I'm sure you, both you and I can totally relate to. Um, But let's start out with just introducing yourself. Tell us about your passions, hobbies, your ministry, whatever you want to share with us today. Okay, so I'm Jessica Satterfield. I have been married 14 years to my life crush, actually, this coming up week, June 21st. We're so excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, He is just, oh my gosh, my dream man. I say that all the time, but he really is. And it just keeps getting better and better with age. I'm so thankful for that. And I have four babies, one in heaven. Um, Our Zion, who was 10 years old, passed away two years ago. And Mm -hmm. then we have Selah, um, who is eight, Micah, who is seven, and then Ada, who is eight months old. So we have four kiddos and oh my goodness let's see we I have a ministry called the garden and it is for women walking through infertility infant loss miscarriage and adoption and our heart is just to see women connected to the healer mm. and with their healing with their hearts but also healing in their bodies We've seen so many miracles happen over the last seven years. I've recently stepped out of the ED role into more of a, um, I'm sitting on the board as the president and chair and um, more out of the day to day and Mm -hmm. um, more just kind of overseeing the ministry. And I also have a podcast and YouTube show called Grace and Truth. Which is amazing. Thank you. We are having so much fun on it. And it's with three of my mentors and friends. And we're just having a really great time over there. And then I am so excited because I just finished my manuscript. Ah! And yes, and turned it in. And so I had beta readers reading it right now. And my first book is going to come out. October 1st called Partnering with Heaven. It's a 28-day devotional for women trying to conceive. Wow. And I am just so excited. It feels like for sure having a baby. 
Oh, girl. So, I'm so excited for you. So much time and effort and such a labor of love, but just so excited that that is, is finished and we're in editing right now and looking at book design covers and oh, all of those different things. So, so how long has this on. book been in the works for? So two years ago, we started the process of IBS okay. and we, it was, I guess, it, well, it was January 21 um, and we, we started IBS and as we were, I was doing the rounds of IVF every morning. I was just journaling to the father and mm. just kind of processing with him and literally writing down the fresh rhema that he was giving me every single morning. Mm. And before long, I felt him say to me, this is a book and you're not doing this just for you. That This is actually a lot of times in our life, the pain that we walk through is isn't just for us the the depths of the father's heart that we experience are also for other people to experience paul talks about that we grieve so that we can comfort others in our grief and so i really felt like as i was just writing down and processing with the father and throughout that that time that it was a book and so yeah, mm. it ended up being a book, and I'm just praying that as it is released into the world, I don't want it to just be like any other devotional. I want it to be actually – have you ever read books before? I'm sure you have, but you, you read books, and it's more of an encounter. Eat it's girl. Like <laughs> you encounter the Father's heart in the book, or it's mm-hmm. like – I've read books before where I actually have felt a literal impartation in the spirit from the book. Yes. And that's what I'm praying that this devotional is, is that women who read this, they actually encounter the father's heart, but it's also an impartation even of healing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. And let's see my hobbies. I really like to... This sounds so silly, but you will totally understand this. Whenever I get about 20 minutes to myself that no one needs me, I really like to paint my nails. Oh, yeah, girl. For me, it's drinking a cup of coffee, but I totally feel you. Yes. I love to paint my nails, and I just – I love to create and design things, and I like to think about – how can we do this different? I like to change things around in my house all the time with the things we already have. Um, so the father's definitely wired me <laughs> creatively like that. And so I I like to run also. Um, I know that sounds weird, but I think it's more I like to be alone and have yeah. space. <laughs> have space to process things because, you know, it doesn't happen frequently with kiddos. So oh, I hear you. I think that's I hear you. mostly my hobbies. So it's funny. My husband actually gets annoyed by how often I switch around our house. We live in a two-bedroom townhouse. So I'm just like, how can I open this up a little bit? How can I make this more life-giving in this season yeah. of life? So 
I so love my, that. My husband was like, didn't you just move the couch last month? And I was like, well, I like it better over here, I find. So I next know. to the window. So I love it. Oh, I love your hobbies. And I can totally relate with the what you're talking about the book. When you read a book, it's like it's like an encounter. I felt that way when I read The Sacred Journey. Oh, yes. Definitely. Yes. Like For I believe sure. it was you who recommended me that book to me. And then yes. I recommend it to literally everybody Everyone. I talk to. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to read it. It's yes. so good. All right, so let's get started. Today, we're talking about finding rest in Holy Spirit and the restlessness of motherhood. So what does rest actually look like for you? And what does it mean to truly live from rest and not constantly being at a place of striving for rest? Oh, this is so good. I am a three on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar, but I am wired to produce and to perform and I really honestly struggle with approval. And so I have spent most of my life working and working and striving and striving. And so whenever I started realizing that actually rest is my inheritance, amen. I literally wrote a bubble map of what is rest. I, I went on this journey of trying to understand what is rest because I didn't understand. There's a difference between being weary and, and, you know, being tired Yeah. and, uh, tired when you're tired, you can sleep or you can, you know, relax and you feel better. Being weary is like a posture of your heart where your heart is in your mind is just overwhelmed with things that mm-hmm. probably is illegal responsibility that you're carrying. Mm-hmm. And so when I learned that actually rest is my inheritance and that's the place that I get to live from. It absolutely changed my life. And I went through a season after Zion passed where I shut down everything. I was on another podcast. I shut the podcast down. I, um, you know, got off social media. I was doing zero ministry and, you know, the father taught me a lot during that season, but not only was, was I, you know, grieving my son, but I had so much space to sit with my thoughts and my feelings. And there was nothing that I could do to produce or perform in that season. And so literally my identity had become what I was doing. And I wasn't aware of that because of how much I was doing and striving. And I, Another book that I read during that time that was an impartation, I'm actually reading it again. I think every believer should read this book every year. It's called Abba's Child. I'm reading that right now. Are you? Yes. By Brennan Manning. Yes. It's so good. uh, It just, I mean, whenever you get your head around, I am loved because of who I am, not because of what I do. Everything changes. And actually, I have heard the best teaching on this from, I don't know if you know, Duncan and Kate Smith um, from Catch the Fire, Mm -hmm. but they have the best teaching on sonship because what it is, is when I'm working and striving for my own efforts, I don't have a full understanding of my identity. Mm. And I'm basically saying to Jesus, what you did wasn't enough for me. 
Wow. And so Duncan and Kate Smith really talk about that passage in Galatians where it talks about, you know, he's given us a spirit of sonship mm-hmm. and we cry out to him, Abba, Father. Actually, adoption in Greek is much different than the word that we, you know, know of today. We have adopted children and they're definitely, you know, obviously in our family and they take our last name and it, it's as if on paper that we would have you know, I would have birthed them. Yeah. But adoption in Greek actually is a, is a, is a position and it means a horizontal position. And Mm. so whenever we're laying down horizontally, first of all, laying down is, is a really vulnerable position because, you know, you're looking up and you can't do anything when you're laying down on the ground. There's, no. there's absolutely nothing you can do. But I have this picture in my head of this horizontal position of sonship. And like a little baby who's laying on their back and they're looking into their father's face or their mother's face. And the delight, all they can see is their father or their mom staring mm. at them. And there, this goes back into Psalm 24 whenever it talks about beholding him and ascending the the holy hill um whenever we are assume our assume our position of sonship in that horizontal position we're actually beholding the father and the more we behold the father the more we're able we become what we behold right yeah and so as we're beholding his face we realize there's nothing that I have to do. There's nothing that I have to earn. There's nothing that I have to work for, but I actually get to live from this horizontal position, beholding who you are. And Mm. as we do that, we become the reflection of what we're looking at. And so it resting, working from rest has been something that I'm learning. I'm still learning. I had this, I I got this revelation deep in my belly and then about, uh, I guess in January of this year, I started stepping back into ministry again and I was so worried. I was like, Oh father, I can't go back to the old ways of, of working in ministry and that I know that's not your heart. And once you experience freedom, you do not want to go back to the old yeah. life of being in chains and Absolutely. in bondage. You're just like, this is what belongs to me. And how could I ever go back to the way things were before? And so I've been learning over you know, this last year what it looks like to really work from that place of rest. And for me, I found that I had this idea in my mind, this mindset that I don't, I don't, I hope this makes sense, but it's almost as if I would go out into the world and do what the father asked me to do. And then I would come back and retreat to him when I needed rest or when I was tired or when I was feeling weary or when I was feeling triggered or when things were going on. And what I learned in that season of being so hidden and tucked away was actually that's the place that I live from. Yeah. I live from that place and I work from that same place. So I'm actually 
not coming back to the father and getting what I need whenever I need it. I'm actually abiding in who he says I am constantly and the world will get a little peace here and there. And then I'm living from that position of sonship. And so it, it's really changed everything for me. And I think there's some practical ways that we can identify this in our life I notice whenever I feel disconnection from the Father, whenever I am having trouble hearing His voice, whenever um, I the inside of me feels stormy, I know that I'm probably not living from that place of rest. There's probably something that I'm trying to do that... I don't have to do, and I'm taking up illegal responsibility for something in my life that really the father has, the father gets, and it's his responsibility to take care of me. And so working from rest, living from rest is such a free place because it's in that place that I just know I am fully seen, fully known, fully loved, and you can't fail there. No, There's no failing with the Father. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm just at the tip of the iceberg of the depths of this revelation of rest. I think, honestly, we'll spend the rest of our life, you know, growing in this and in really learning what it means to to live from that place but I do know that the part that I've experienced is something that I can never go back to that old way of living oh girl that's so good that's so good I know I'm often the father often reminds me of Luke when it comes to like living from a place of rest with Mary and Martha and how um what rest should look like is sitting at the feet of Jesus and being at that place every day. And oftentimes when I find myself like striving, um, you know, making sure everything's done before going to him, it's like, it's awesome because I feel like we are called to do the things from a posture of Mary. Yes. While we're sitting at his feet. So like, you know, while we're doing the dishes, being at his feet, while we're doing, you know, ministry, doing it from a place at the feet of Jesus, because Jesus says that is the most important thing that we can behold. Yes. But yeah, oh, it's so good. So good. Uh, so many moms are going to be so encouraged. I'm so excited. So um, John 15, 4 says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So as moms, how can we abide in the Father and live in the rest of Holy Spirit when life is chaotic? Oh, that's so good. My sister called me the other day. She actually lives across the street from me. And she said, do you have a recipe holder? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you know those things, those, those recipe book stands. Do you have one of those? And I was like, yeah, what do you need it for? And she, my sister's Normally, my brother-in-law is the one who cooks and stuff at their house. She was like, I need to just, I think I just need to put my Bible out on my island, on the recipe holder, so I can just, I can grab a a nugget here and there whenever I go (laughs) in the kitchen. And I'm like, that's such a good idea. 
And so I think abiding, abiding in the vine as a mom is doing what you said. It's, I say this a lot and I probably should explain it more, but I talk about turning our heart. I'll say, just turn your heart towards him. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not necessarily start praying or, I mean, I guess it is prayer, honestly, but it, it's just a position of recognizing, Father, I'm with you. It, it's yeah. a place of communion of I'm recognizing that you're with me in this moment right now. And whether this moment looks like, you know, all hell is breaking loose in my house <laughs> and the baby's screaming, my kids are fighting, there's paint mm-hmm. all over the floor, the groceries need to be put away, somebody's calling me on the phone, I'm late on a deadline. I mean, that was literally our day yesterday. <laughs> and so in those moments, there's what it looks like to abide, I think is just turning our heart towards him and, yeah. and having this understanding that we are connected to him and we get to experience communion even in those moments. And yeah, I, it's definitely changed. I think it changes through the seasons of motherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, my big kids before we were pregnant were basically making breakfast by themselves. They were, they can get in the bath by themselves. They can do all those things by themselves. And then we, you know, I was having all of this open space whenever I wanted to, to connect to the father, let me sit down right here for 20 minutes or gosh, when they would go to school in the mornings, I would spend two hours with him every morning. It does not look like that anymore with her. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. It it just doesn't. And I mean, it's summer right now and, you know, Mm -hmm. even our, our kids, you know, go to school. And so it's like they're home from school now. And so there I'm finding these different pockets of, washing dishes or folding laundry or in the shower at night, um, even changing diapers or whatever, driving down the road, he is always with us. And whenever we understand that, we just turn our hearts towards him and experience communion with him. And sometimes I don't even say anything. I'm just aware of his presence. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that I'm actually hosting the presence of God inside me. And so in those chaotic moments, I get to release his peace and I have authority over the atmosphere in my home. Amen. And so I get to choose, you know, how to set the thermometer, so to speak. And um, yeah, it a lot of times it looks like we constantly have worship playing in the background. And even that, I feel like, you know, engages the angelic in our house. Amen. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think just turning my heart towards him is gives me the mindset that you're here, you're with me, and I get to have communion with you right now amongst the chaos. Amen. Yeah, it's funny because like one of my things is I try to like in the morning, um, I try to at least get if I could just get a verse in before I start my day, I 
I'm good, you know, because I have all my girls and then I have my one-year-old who is all over the place and my Bible is literally filled with like little crown marks and little (laughs) rips here and there because my daughter tries to grab my Bible from me. I'm pretty sure there's some coffee stains and all the things. Um, And then I was reading it this morning and my daughter, Laya, goes, man, mom, your Bible looks used. (laughs) And oh, I was those like, are the best ones. I know. I was like, a used Bible is a good Bible. That's right. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's that's so good. Well, girl, I won't keep you for too much longer because I know your baby girl will probably be waking up soon and you need some time to breathe and some time to yourself. So we're going to finish up with some quick, rapid questions uh, to finish out. So yeah, what are you reading right now? So I'm reading Abba's Child again started that I just ordered we're about to go to the beach this we leave Saturday to go to the beach and so I am about to read Ecclesia um basically it's I think every believer needs to read it too it's one of those like Abba's Child and then I got another book um by oh gosh I forget his name somebody De Silva do you know him forget Uh... anyways it's um basically talking about a poverty spirit um mm. and so like money in the kingdom so the father's really been talking to Brendan and I about you know ministry and marketplace and kingly and priestly and all of those things so um those are going to be my beach reads so. so good yeah Awesome. I know I'm good. I'm going to have to get those links so I can put them down so that I can order them. And so whoever else wants to order them too. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm I've been reading Abba's Child for over a year now. I'm not I'm I'm almost done with it. But it's like Abba's Child. Same thing with Sacred Journey. It's like one of those books that you. it's not a quick read. No, No, it's like one of those things. Very slow. Yeah, very slow. You might have to go back a chapter. There's this one particular um chapter in the book Abba's Child where he talks where he's writing a note to his imposture oh my do you know what I'm talking about is it it's chapter eight right I think so I'm pretty sure I keep going back to that because I keep having to like write that to that imposture again because I'm just like this is so good yes it's so So good good. I definitely agree every every believer needs to needs to read that book um so what is your go-to drink my go-to drink, it'd probably be coffee. Having oh. a I have an espresso machine, and then I love the Starbucks um, caramel macchiato creamer. You're the girl after my own heart. Yes, I I love coffee, and then I love um, gosh, I have a lot. I love Liquid IV. They're all of their drinks. I like mm-hmm. drink those like during the day. Um. And I love a good glass of wine at night while I'm cooking supper. There you go, girl. <laughs> uh, do you go to coffee shops or do you drink all of your coffee at home? Yeah, I, I I really drink it all at home. I don't really go get – I mean, I'll get coffee every once in a while out. Mm-hmm. But I mostly – I'd rather make it the way I like it. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get more like that. I have – literally, I'm not even kidding. I have a Starbucks within walking distance for me. <gasps> so no. it's like the little excuse. Like, oh, I forgot to put ice in the freezer. I guess I have to go get my own <laughs> coffee. Like, And this morning – 
uh, Mylia. She is my very outspoken child. She tells you how it is, how she feels, holds nothing back. I have one Um, of those. Oh, yeah. So she was like, Mom, you know, it's a waste of money to buy coffee, right? When you have coffee in the house. Oh, you're right, girl. I know. I was like, you're right. I was like, but when you're a mom, you'll understand. Yeah, really? (laughs) Because I was like, sometimes you just got to do things for yourself, you know? Definitely. Sometimes the most spiritual thing I could do is get in my car by myself and go two minutes away and grab a coffee and come back and I'm feeling so much better. Absolutely. Or take a nap. Or take a nap. That's the other most holy thing. Sometimes (laughs) the most holy thing you need to do is just take a nap. Oh, I'm learning that. That's the hardest part about pregnancy is knowing when to listen to your body because I hate napping. I feel like it's the biggest waste of time of my day because <laughs> I'm just I have so much to do today I know. Um, but I'm learning that like you said one of the most spiritual things you could do is rest mm-hmm. and take a nap so yeah so good so what is something that you've been working on lately let's see here what have I been working on definitely my book that's yes for sure a huge thing and I mean, currently I'm packing for the beach and that feels like a job. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can imagine. That's so exciting. Uh, we're supposed to be going to the beach sometime next month. I'm so excited. That is exciting. I can't. You know, it's never a vac- It's never a vacation. No. Whenever you take kids, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. So me and my husband, we always laugh about that because we're like, oh, it's so I can't wait to have our vacation. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a trip because we don't want to have unmet expectations. Exactly. That we're going <laughs> to, you know, you still do the same things you do when you're at home. You're still parenting. You're still, you know, having to take care of kids and wash dishes and all those things. But we're doing it in a beautiful place like the beach, yes. which is going to be so fun. Oh my goodness, yes. My oldest daughter actually got mad at me yesterday because I told her she I don't know if you know who Bethany Hamilton is, but she's the uh the teenage girl that her arm was bitten off by a shark back oh, in the yes. early two thousands. So she absolutely loves her and because of her she wants to surf. So she had it in her mind that she's going to go to Target and buy a surfboard and I'm just going to let her take off on the ocean and Oh surf. no. And I'm like no child that's not gonna happen oh my goodness so yeah I'm just like yeah beaches just they're not I don't know exactly when they become a vacation for parents whenever you don't take your kids with you (laughs) amen yep amen (laughs) so where can we find you so you can find me I have a website www.gracemollyweight.com and then I'm on Instagram at Grace While We Wait. I'm on Facebook, Grace While We Wait. And then I'm also on TikTok, um, Jessica underscore Satterfield. Awesome. And I'll be sure that I put all of your links and the ministry pages. And when you do come out with your book, you can bet I will be sharing that too. Oh, thank you. Um, of course. I will be like the first in line to buy it because I'm so excited to read it. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm so excited. I was so excited to have you and I love talking with you and yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Such a treat in my day. Oh, awesome. I'll talk to you later, girl. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for joining me today, friends. If you would love to connect with me on Instagram, I'd love to have you. You can go follow me at Revived Motherhood. We have a fun community over there and you can find daily motherhood encouragement. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't and share with your friends. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review. It would mean so much to me and it would also help this podcast get in the hands of other moms who might need encouragement. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. Love you guys. Bye.